Welcome back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology, as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Welcome if you are new here. What you're about to listen to is an audio version of a video astrology forecast that I shared to my YouTube channel, Sabrina Monarch. So if you'd like to catch this on video, you can go there. If you want to leave a comment at some point, you can also leave that there. This podcast is a place where I share interview conversations with people that I find inspiring. I share astrology forecasts weekly, and I share solo episodes, creative writing, musings as well. So I invite you to enjoy this transmission of the astrology of the week ahead. Hey, this is Sabrina Monarch of monarchastrology.com, bringing you the astrology forecast from May 4th to May 10th, 2022. Please like this video, leave a comment at some point, and let me know what resonates with you. Subscribe to this channel, hit the notification bell so that you know when new videos come out. And I really do appreciate your likes and comments. It's really helpful and supportive for this channel. So we have the astrology of May 4th through 10th featuring Jupiter entering Aries, Mercury stationing retrograde. This week begins with the Sun and Uranus joining in Taurus, and each will sextile Mars and Pisces, emphasizing some internal revolutions around desire, beauty, aesthetic, wealth, and pleasure. There can be a building desire to change ourselves or change our lives such that our life more accurately reflects a dream that we have. So this is life design, time, energy, and resource allocated for things that we love doing. In tandem with this potentially life-affirming desire for more, it would also be helpful to truly acknowledge and honor and revere the resources that we already have, but not as a self-shaming technique to discourage true appetite, right? So not just being grateful, like don't want more, but being in a balanced, humble relationship with both desire and what we already have. Within Taurus, it is often easier to magnify the good when we have cultivated an appreciation for it. I even like thinking about appreciation um, as, you know, a resource that appreciates. Then we have two significant, and you know what I mean by that, like it builds, sits in the bank and the value appreciates. If I'm correct, (laughs) I may just be saying that and not be right. Um, But then we have two significant shifts. Mercury stations retrograde in Gemini and Jupiter ingresses into Aries. Mercury retrograde in general can have us reviewing things from the past or revisiting things on a to-do list that we didn't have or make time to do before always like to, you know, take care of tasks and chores before Mercury stations retrograde when I can, kind of like a ritual before this the station happens. In Gemini, we can also be looking at things 
are looking at thoughts themselves and the way that we think. Mercury in Gemini is a logician and can create logic even in subjective or absurd contexts. Like, yeah, sure, this makes sense, you know, when it doesn't. And it's a capacity that we all have to rationalize our perspectives. I'm not just talking about Gemini people or Gemini placements. No, I'm talking about a quality that we all have with the mind, the faculty of mind, the faculty of logic. But as the sun and Uranus join around the time of this station with an urgency for changing our lives in a more dreamy and beautiful direction, it is as though Mercury is conspiring by helping us adjust our thoughts so that we can get on board or simply figure out how we're going to adjust the logistical details to support the change, right? So if you're deciding that you know, you're working too much and you want some more time for leisure and relaxation, maybe figuring out how you're going to accomplish that, you know, at a practical level, how you're going to move things around, but maybe also at a belief system level. Like if you're wired to feel that, you know, when you're resting, you're not doing anything good or it's better to be working, it's like those thoughts need to be upgraded as well. Then Jupiter and Aries ushers in a vitality for beginner's mind and consequently beginner's luck, trying new things and taking the leap. Confidence may become more important or even spiritually significant, like a kind of personality trait that opens doors and helps us as the heroes or heroines of our own lives on the mythic quest we're on, right? Needing that courage to take important steps. It might be the kind of thing where like, You know, life can push us off the cliff and tell us to fly, but sometimes we really do have to be the one making that choice. These transits include zodiac signs that are at the beginning of the zodiac wheel, Aries, Taurus, Gemini. And something to consider is that the burst of motivation or desire for adventure or change that we are currently feeling is often connected to storylines that have only just begun to be written. Rather than knowing everything from the onset, this kind of newness suggests that our instincts are helping to guide us and that we are learning as we go. Some degree of experimentation may be at play. So may we tune into the good spiritedness of Jupiter as we find ourselves initiating adventures, ones that are calling us into greater play with life and perhaps in ways that we are only just beginning to imagine. So... um, No announcements this week. The intensive is currently in session. If you want to book an astrology reading with me, I guess I do have announcements. That is on my website, monarchastrology.com. There's also, you know, every week that's linked below. My books are currently open. That may change. Um, So if you want to book with me, click that link below. And I'll just get into our transits now. So May 4th. Mars in 14 degrees of Pisces will sextile Uranus in 14 degrees of Taurus at 8.46 a.m. Pacific. So there's this urgency building around our dreams and the way that we cultivate them, how we imagine things that are beyond our current circumstances and seek to change our lives. Mars in Pisces energizes dreaming, but it also energizes the threading of dreams into reality, the application of dreams. I really think of like, Um, like a sewing needle or something from the Akashic space or from the clouds or from the dream realm and that going into the reality, right? Mars is a very penetrating energy and Pisces relates to the dreams, um, the dream realm, right? Our imagination. 
And so having maybe a more piercing, a more active dream life quality, but also more execution of dreams, actually bringing them down, having them penetrate the you know, normal life reality or the waking life reality. Acting on inspiration. So part of applying dreams to reality is shifting our embodiment, Taurus, aligning our embodiment with that vision or truth within us. Embodiment as the way we regard and carry ourselves, how we move through space, how we live out archetypes, right? It's one thing to dream. It's one thing to daydream. Then we might consider, how am I actually aligned with receiving that in my embodiment, right? And taking account of that and making shifts, right? We'll get into Jupiter and Aries later, so that kind of confidence to try something new. But, you know, I think of, I'm always thinking of romance, you know, you can probably tell if you tune into my work. Um, And so I think of this quality of like when someone is open to love, that it's not just about sitting at home sadly and wishing for it to happen. It's like going out, not even just to necessarily meet people, but kind of engaging the love of life, falling in love with life, being in the embodiment of romance and becoming an energetic match, if you will, for that dream to come through, right? When it comes to starting a business or starting some kind of venture in the world, There's a lot of embodiment, like actual activities that go into that. There's situations that, um, you know, maybe ask of us to be more clear about our boundaries or how we want to work, right? And so there's a way that our personality, our embodiment is shifting in relationship to the ventures, to the dreams that we are engaging. Mars and Pisces can energize our faith perhaps in relationship to places we have trauma or subtle mental trauma, Uranus, around scarcity, Taurus, places where we don't believe things are possible, right? So why dream if it's just going to hurt to want something that's not even possible? We may have breakthrough around the situation by a shift in faith, Mars and Pisces, or a shift in our embodiment, Uranus and Taurus. Then May 5th, the sun in 14 degrees of Taurus conjunct Uranus in 14 degrees of Taurus at 12.21 a.m. Pacific. While Mars Uranus is urgency of the dream, sun Uranus brings creative urgency. It's a radicalizing quality around self-actualization. right? Like, I don't even believe this is our only life, but it does make me think of YOLO, you only live once. And at the least, you know, variation of it, you're only this incarnate identity one time, you know? So what are you going to do with this one life as who you are now, is how I would look at it. Um, We may be feeling the urge to break out of our own conditioned ways of expressing ourselves because we recognize that these limited patterns do not serve our wholeness or the spontaneity of the moment right? Like we're used to acting a certain way, used to being nice all the time. And maybe a situation's coming up where we don't want to play that character, right? Or, um, you know, whatever character trait you want to insert, but a sense that what does the actual moment call for? And do we have the range internally to 
play these different variations of our character or are we more locked into certain sub-personalities and therefore feeling restricted by our own creative expressive range? A nice example feels silly to me. <laughs> so it's just like someone who's nice all the time having a freak out. It's not necessarily what I mean, but definitely, you know, I think of people pleasing and how that is a mode of communicating and being in the world and that um, one can become very acrobatic about playing out the same personality pattern over and over again. And what is it like to, you know, be tired of that and want to engage something with more novelty or a little bit more disruption, you're honest. At times when these creative shifts are more dramatic, it may cause an interruption in the role we have played in a social ecosystem. So if people have come to expect a certain set of personality traits from us, or we expect it from ourselves or others, in general, people's behavior may be surprising with this transit, including our own, right? And it's springtime, things are emerging, there's a burst of new life anyway. With Taurus, some of these novel or freer forms of self-expression may create sensation in the body. We might be having shifts in perspective around what these sensations mean, or freeing them from needing to have a meaning, which can sometimes end up being abstract and disembodied. And just being with the sensation. Becoming freer also involves the process of being able to sit with increasing amounts of sensation. So, for example, learning how to speak our truth even when our heart is racing. We can have our own creative relationship with how we ride the wave of activating sensations, right? Like, we don't always have to ground and stabilize everything. Sometimes, um, Writing the wave of activation can help us be decisive in a moment or help us, you know, create a change. It's not just about quelling and grounding and soothing every single thing, right? And then on the other hand, where is that what we want to do? How do we want to ground and integrate high sensations that come up? One of, I've probably told this story before, but it really impacted me of um, having a classmate that shared... Um, that when her heart started racing, when she was about to say something, that that actually meant that transformation was occurring, right? That transformation was occurring for her and that maybe her words carried the seeds of transformation so she would speak. And before I heard that perspective, I used to interpret the body signal of feeling activated before talking um, sometimes as, you know, maybe I shouldn't. Like, I... I'll wait till I feel calm, right? And I started to practice and just experiment. Now, what happens if I share this thing, right? And feeling the kind of feedback in the room, the sense of, oh, those words, like they were packing some kind of potency, right? And just playing around, really becoming more experimental in some sense, becoming more adept at our own reading our own body signals or not having to know what they mean either, right? Like feeling more at a body sensate level and not always having to give it a reason or a mental assignment. And sometimes it's true. Sometimes you know. Sometimes you're talking to someone 
and they're talking about some kind of grief or heartache and you feel it and a resonance, you know, in your body and your heart also hurts. And yeah, you can have a story about that of like your body is in sympathetic resonance with what they're talking about, right? Like there's many different ways we can interpret these things. But I think about Uranus and Taurus as a an overall transit and I think of it so much as somatic revolutions, like having a a more inventive or more kind of like new frontier experience of the body intelligence, of the the psyche, of the soul of the body. Then Venus in four degrees of Aries will sextile Mercury in four degrees of Gemini at 11.01 p.m. Pacific. Venus in Aries is passionate, and with this harmonic aspect to Mercury, this may relate to the act of naming our desire as well as being able to be responsive and to put and to pivot when feedback in the environment occurs. Right? There's something here about being um, nimble and flexible and fluid around the communication of desire in the field. Aries and Gemini is a fun <laughs> combination, right? Like Aries is very initiating. Aries is very upfront, Aries is very bold, and Gemini is just delightfully random and absurd and willing to go down a variety of um, paths and avenues and rides, right? So it's that, I have an idea, cool, let's do it. Or I have an idea, no, let's do this, like, right, the kind of maybe negotiation side of Venus, Um, but some sense that there's like a playful kind of willingness to try new things um, in the field and maybe informed by that kind of internal awareness, Venus, of what our desire is, as well as the external willingness to engage, you know, the ideas and desires of others. And then May 7th, the sun in 16 degrees of Taurus will sextile Mars in 60 degrees of Pisces at 2.48 a.m. Pacific. The Sun-Uranus-Mars setup for the week is a lot of creative energy. It might be fun and inspiring in some respects, and there may be an agitation as well in the sense of being really dissatisfied with where we're at or what we have, and that being part of the motivation for change, right? Like Uranus brings liberation. And before that happens, there's often a sense of feeling stuck or feeling incredibly bored or feeling dissatisfied. So dissatisfaction with where we're at is not helpful if we cycle in those emotions and build a vortex of scarcity, right? Just obsessing over lack. It can be helpful in that state to balance it by taking account of the value of the situation, but not as some kind of wet blanket to be like, don't desire more and like rationalize like everything's fine, but to find the resource that you truly do have and value so that your system, you know, is also in relationship with pleasure or appreciation and not just lack. And then dissatisfaction with where we are at is helpful when it allows us to sever codependence with situations that aren't really true for us. A fed-up feeling may be a precursor to a greater bravery or innovation with life when we realize that what feels at stake in the process of change is not even something we're trying to defend, 
right? That can be incredibly freeing. And then May 8th, we have a first quarter moon in 18 degrees of Leo at 5.21 p.m. Pacific. I don't always delineate the first quarter or the last quarter moons, but I wanted to this time. It's a halfway point between eclipses. It gives us the moon square the nodes, as well as the moon square asteroid Eros, who is still traveling hand in hand with the sun. So I like to look out for pride with Leo. Pride is within the research and writing of Richard Dawkins. I think yeah, I didn't check the author name actually before I was writing this. And I know the name's similar to like an atheist writer or something. So I hope I got it right. But he wrote a book, Power Versus Force, which is definitely also very spiritual. Um, and he described pride as an empowering emotion that pulls us out of despair and grief. Right? I have some other thoughts about the value of grief too, but if we're thinking about it at a vibrational state of like how we feel when we're in grief and kind of the leaden kind of density quality of it, um, pride is just like a little bit higher in vibration according to this author. So pride has this function of building up our fight, you know, and our willingness to pull ourselves out of the mud, right? It's a midwife, pride, to a greater sense of personal power, but pride can also be very ugly, right? Like, I don't know, maybe opinion, but also whatever. I'm going to keep going. Uh, pride expressed creatively in art, movement, dance, etc., can be very alchemical, right? Like, I really struggle with pride just being one word because there's so many different types of pride um, and like a kind of spectrum of where it's this like really beautiful like peacock feathers fanned out kind of magical primal expression of personality and when it is petty or um, something that disconnects us from the heart um, or the value of life or the value of others. Right, But when pride is constellating within, there's often a situation at hand where we do not feel an accurate reflection of our value or worth. One, either because we're not receptive to receiving it, or two, because the situation is objectively not seeing us and not valuing us, or some combination of both. So it might be possible to slow down and see if we can find a place of alignment and embodiment with the value and self-worth that pride is pointing us to. And to come back home to that, instead of fighting for it in the environment, right? So what is this actual self-worth that we're feeling snubbed, right? What is the actual self-worth? the true inherent value that pride is a symptom of our disconnection from. So as I was saying, pride is ambivalent in the ways, uh, as a word, it both has the negative connotation of like the sin, as well as the virtue of taking pride in one's work, right? Taking pride in one's appearance, taking pride in one's family. Um, shadowy forms of pride can make good art, you know, that intensity and sensation collected in this like cauldron of expression and drama. Um, it can be also be detrimental to real relationship, real intimate relationship, 
Virtue forms of pride can come from a deeper accounting of our values and our commitment to honoring them. So I think this quarter moon in Leo may bring awareness to our relationship with and our needs around feeling respected and cherished, right? Adored, Leo. And the way that we want to kind of grab for that sometimes from the other or from life versus where we can kind of sink back into that state of being and that place of embodiment and that choice making that comes from sitting in the seat of that value and inner power. Then May 10th, Mercury stations retrograde in four degrees of Gemini at 4.47 a.m. Pacific. So in tandem with the activating Sun-Mars-Uranus field, that's, you know, in the works this week, um, and any soul work that eclipse season has been revealing and bringing to the surface, Mercury stationing retrograde opens up the portal of rethinking, revisioning, adjusting our mental logic, mental logic and mental precepts. So we're wanting to step into version 3.0. Let's have a software upgrade. Mercury and Gemini can offer a gift of mental detachment, that is being able to increasingly notice our own thoughts from a place of interesting that I'm thinking that, right? As opposed to just being in the thought and accepting it unconsciously at face value, right? Having the even frameworks of any kind of pattern framework that helps us find detachment. Right, like knowing that an astrology transit's happening and noticing that we're feeling something that relates to it and being able to make that choice from there of do I want to lean into this energy or do I want to stand back because it's just a a transit that's happening? Um, Or, you know, those with menstrual cycles uh, towards the end of the cycle wanting to like burn all these bridges, you know, or just break up with people or quit something and recognizing, oh, I'm in this part of the cycle. Something is about to cycle, right? So finding these um, pattern recognitions that help us not be so deeply entrenched in the story of what we're thinking, but be able to step back and make connections of why we're even thinking that. The mental kind of frameworks are not even always necessary for this. It's just the capacity to be curious about our inner world as opposed to so in it that we're just like not even in a place of being able to analyze it or perceive it. Mercury and Gemini emphasizes cleverness and that we can have breakthrough because of intelligence. Gemini is nimble, acrobatic. Our thoughts can work against us when we come up with elaborate stories that feel really convincing but aren't true or have detrimental effects. When we are in story in that way, we often need detachment or a shift in perspective. Gemini is like an agent of change that can help us shift the story. So recognize when ideas lighten you up, you know, provide that beautiful like spin of the multifaceted diamond where you can see reality from another angle and you feel stimulated and energized in a positive way. 
right? Or if you're looking at way too many perspectives and you feel too overwhelmed because you are thinking about every different direction at once, um, maybe dropping the mental chatter for a moment and tuning into the quiet thing beneath all of that chatter. Jupiter enters Aries the same day at 4.22 p.m. Pacific. Jupiter will re-enter Pisces later during a retrograde October 28th, 2022, and re-enter Aries December 20th, 2022. So we're almost done with Jupiter and Pisces, but we'll have that, you know, last finale, but we are in Jupiter and Aries now, entering into Jupiter and Aries. So we have Jupiter entering a Mars-ruled sign, um, and this, well, Jupiter entering a Mars-ruled sign amplifies and magnifies Aries and Martian topics like ambition, confidence, courage, risk-taking, and pursuing destiny, right? Like this Jupiter feels game, okay? Like this Jupiter is enthusiastic. It's Jupiter in a fire sign. It's Jupiter in Aries. Um, Jupiter in Pisces has been absolutely beautiful and like mystical and dreamy and maybe faith-restoring, right, and healing, um, and working perhaps a lot on the interior, Jupiter and Aries is like, go time, like, let me go out into the world. I have things I want to do, adventures to be had, right? It's very active. And Jupiter largely brings buoyant, joyful, good-natured influence, but does also blow things up in size as to accelerate wisdom, awareness, and potentially closure about a situation that's harder to ignore in its blown-up state. So I think of Jupiter as, you know, often mostly very positive experiences, but it does grow things, right? And so let's say we have like a psychological complex, as we all do, have many, and you have an experience that really blows it up and you can see it. Like it is so loud. It is so obvious that that gives you perspective and it actually is helping you, um, helping you let a layer die off right? Like Jupiter really brings that like plump, making the fruit like fully ripe until it drops off the tree kind of thing. So sometimes the um, the magnification is kind of like accelerating wisdom and like plot turning. Jupiter and Aries can relate to feeling confident that we will win or succeed at our undertaking. It can also be the confidence to get back up and try again after failing to bounce back or to take lessons learned from mistakes in stride, right? So not collapsing into this like shame or I did so bad, I made a mistake, I'm not good at this, maybe I should give up. Like that stuff, those voices might come up, but I think Jupiter and Aries really brings the bounce back, really brings that sense of, um, you know, let me get back up and try again, um, that kind of innocent or very, like, adventurous, very martial spirit within that. And then Jupiter relates to higher learning, and this will be the Academy of Aries, right, that we're having this Jupiter lesson in during this transit. Aries often learns by doing and will be in situations where the true impulse of our being is to set out on a new path, one where we are the initiate, where we don't necessarily know how things will turn out. But we will find out, okay? 
So beginner's luck is a thing. Beginner's luck is different than feigned ignorance. Beginner's luck is true. When we are truly being experimental and trying something new, there's often support in life and in the field, right? It's gentler than doing something that like we know better, but we do it anyway kind of thing. Um, and we end up, you know, when we're in beginner's mind, we end up having to learn from the feedback, mistakes included, but we may have, again, that good spiritedness about the process. Being in this state of learning by doing can be invigorating and lively, right? So if we think about this deeper intelligence of Aries that has just been birthed from the cosmic womb, you know, from the undifferentiated state of Pisces, and there's this sense of being a fresh individual out in the world. And so it's this part of us that has um, confrontation over and over again with trying new things and being like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but inside I have this instinct that I should go in this direction. And um, depending on our energetic systems and our natal charts and whatnot, some of us are really all about that kind of life. Some of us are more, you know, let me check out the situation and assess for a while before making a move. But Jupiter and Aries might really bring a lot of attention to those places in life where we are fledglings from the nest. Like we are initiates. We are instinctually drawn to discover ourselves in, you know, the environment of life and life's obstacles and challenges um, and things that we, you know, feel like, you know, I would really like to start this thing or create this thing. I don't even know if there's a place in the marketplace for it, if it's desired, but it's in my body, like I feel it. So let me just put it out there and see what happens, right? To be um, a leader, calling in something that hasn't even necessarily existed yet, right? So Jupiter and Aries, um, I'm really excited to experience this one. I think it'll be my first Jupiter and Aries transit that I've been tracking um, because I started tracking transits probably when Jupiter was in Leo. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you for watching this. Please leave a comment if you haven't already. Don't leave without leaving a comment. And definitely don't leave without liking this video subscribing to this channel. And I hope that you have a beautiful week, um, that you are feeling supported, that you are feeling um, connected, and I'll see you again soon.